Well, welcome. Welcome to WNZN Radio, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy that you tuned in on this beautiful summer day, and I think we're actually supposed to get a little rain today after a bit of a drought. But anyhow, this is WNZN Power Radio, 89.1 FM on the radio dial. And if you're having any problem, staticky or low, you just can't hear it that well, just live stream us on your computer, your laptop, your iPhone, whatever, and just go to www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. And so welcome once again. Thank you for tuning in. I think we have a great show today. We've had many guests in the past two months, and now we're getting back into the Bible, and then we're going to have some more guests in the near future. But my good friend and assistant, you remember David Abood? He's often, he's on every show, really. But now he's not able to be here today, so I have his son, Tristan. Tristan Abood, welcome, Tristan. And I hope I'm also your good friend and assistant, Mr. Uh, there you go. Okay. Uh, and you're going to be giving some wisdom on what we're going to be looking at today. So um, one of the things when you study the Bible, Tristan, it's helpful if you notice outlines or things that are rather consistent like in the Old Testament, how it relates to the New Testament. We've done yes. a lot of studies yes. on pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament. They call it types or yes. shadows. But there's other things. We even discussed the use of numbers, why the number seven is so significant, the number three is so significant. Well, today we're going to look at something a little bit different. And this is what some scholars will call the principle of first mention or mm. the principle of first reference. Now, some people call it the law of first mention, but I don't, I don't believe it's a law. I mean, it's not in every single case, but there's a principle that runs through the Bible that when things are first mentioned, a word, an event, a character, mm. that it's often, it carries through, you know, through the Bible or it ends up in the New Testament and maybe even in the book of Revelation. And that's what we're going to look at today. I'll give you an example. If you look at um, like Genesis chapter 22, where God says to Abraham, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, and, and he's going to basically sacrifice him. He says that's mm -hmm. the whole famous uh, account where he's going to sacrifice his son on the, on the altar. Yes, right. And he says, but when you look at that, he came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said, he said, now take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him up as a burnt offering, though on the mountains, which I shall tell you. So right away... This is the first mention of the word love. Right. This is the first mention of only son. Mm. Well, that's significant because it sounds like John 3.16. For yes. God so loved the world, yes. he gave his only begotten son. So you see that thing running through the whole of Scripture, that yes. idea. Then later in that same place, um, you'll see where Isaac will say in verse 7, But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, look, the fire and the wood, but where Where's is the, the lamb? lamb? So where is the first That's mention the of the lamb? That's the key. So then, that, of course, the lamb is an offering all through this. Is, is that the first mention of lamb, you first say? First mention of and lamb. The, and the, and the, you know, that's so significant, Mr. Murthy, because not just is, it's, there's not just a mention of lamb, but it's also a implication of we're looking for the lamb. We're searching for the lamb. Yeah. And then that search is going to continue throughout the Bible until, just like you've said, that right. pattern reaches Christ. Exactly right. And so there's no, and what this also suggests, there's no perfect sacrifice in the Old Testament. It's it perfect. says that in Hebrews, right. they had to keep repeating, repeating, repeating. But then how does John the Baptist introduce <clears throat> Jesus at the River Jordan? Behold, Behold the Lamb of God. There you go. Behold the Lamb Who of God. Who takes away the, the sins, sins of the, the world. world. In, um, implying that he is exactly. the perfect sacrifice. Exactly right. And so then 
when you come to Revelation, when it talks about the throne room scene, yes. it said all nations, tribes, tongues, kindred were around the throne yes. saying what? Worthy is the lamb. Is the lamb. Is the lamb. So where is the lamb? Behold the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Mm. Old Testament, New Testament, eternity. What a beautiful build. Yeah, it just, it just what ties a it together. Build. And so you'll see that, like the first time you'll see grace, is it says Noah found grace in the eyes yes. of the Lord. Yes. And it saved his whole family, right? Mm -hmm. So too, we're saved by grace. You know, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, you are saved by grace through faith. And in the same way as Noah too, it didn't just save him and his family, it saved all the future generations yeah. that came after. Exactly and in the same right. way, we're, we are adopted into the family of Christ and so that the generations following mm -hmm. him can okay. be saved. Exactly right. Um, so that's, that's what you're seeing is these patterns. And what we're going to look at today, uh, there's a lot we can look at. I mean, for instance, when Adam and Eve sin, what do they cover themselves with? Uh, leaves, leaves. Particularly, what kind of leaves? Was does it, it say? olive leaves or? Well, it's in leaves. chapter three. Fig leaves, fig leaves, fig right? leaves. Here, let, I wonder if we can find. Do that. you see that? It's in in chapter three, um, and look what it says in verse seven. Yes. Um, then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Okay, specifically fig leaves. Yes. Jesus only curses one thing in his earthly ministry. The fig tree. Because why? Because it was the thing that man used to cover his sin. No, oh, no because, because it, it had no fruit. It right. only had what? That's right. It only had leaves. It only yes. had fig leaves. It bore no fruit. Right. So it was a type of Israel at that time yes. that the had a big show yes. to cover sin and guilt, like mm -hmm. the fig leaves back here, but it bore no fruit. Because for what reason would a farmer plant any tree other than to bear fruit? Yeah, so, and that's again, the only thing Jesus yes. cursed. But it's yes. specific. It doesn't say a maple tree. or It's fig leaves. Only can find leaves on it. That's great. So, okay. So we'll get into this, and we're going to see, we're going to look at and kind of veer off a little bit. But again, this is 89.1 FM radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Happy you tuned in today. And this, this actually, this study gets really kind of interesting. It's a good way to understand the overview of the scripture. But let's say, look, these are what I call the three first questions. The first question the devil asks in the Bible, the first question God asks in the Bible, and the first question man asks in the Bible. The big ones. And you'll see it starts in chapter 3, verse 1. You could read that. Probably. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, here's the question, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? So what's he saying there? Well, he's questioning them in a way that, would offer an alternative truth to what God has said. Because they know at this point that God is fully faithful, or they should know that. And right. he, he's offering an alternative here for maybe the first time in their, their t entire experience. Right, but he's not saying the word of God isn't true. He's saying, did God really say this? Mm. See, before he comes at him with a lie, he comes at him with some doubt. Right. Same thing going on with the word of God sure. today, where people are throwing doubt. Did God really create the world? Does man is man different than animals? Right. Does man have a soul? Is Jesus truly God coming to flesh? So this is his first question: is to throw doubt on God's word. Mm. That's it. he'll do the same thing yep. in the wilderness experience. If you are the Son of God, yep. say to these stones, they can become bread. Yep. Well, God the Father just said what to Jesus at the River Jordan before he goes into the wilderness. This is oh, my beloved, my beloved son. son. Right. So Satan says... He commissions him if, right before he's tempted. Yeah, yes. on that very tempted, if you are the son of God. Well, God just said it. See, he's throwing a little doubt yes. in there. The same thing with our lives. He could throw just a little doubt. So he says, 
then he says, um, of course, the woman says, um, uh, we made the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit which the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God says, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. You know, it's interesting how she quotes back God to Satan. She knows what God said. She knows, but she added something. Oh, that's right. What does she add? Nor look at it. Touch it. Oh, touch, oh, touch it. Does it say, you shall not eat of it, nor touch it. He oh, didn't say touch it. He oh. said eat of it. So man has capacity to add to God's word. Mm. That's how cults really start. Right. He, she had it. And then the serpent, verse 4, here's a bold-faced lie. What does he say now? But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. There you go. That is it. Now, that then the, you're, you're off to the races. And so you see, that's why Jesus will call the devil the father of all lies. He's yes. the father of all lies. And that will be his main... That is really his main weapon in his quiver, is to cause people to doubt God's word. Yes. What are some of the things you think he would say, it's not true, that are popular today, that God says in his word that people Maybe like? that uh, you shouldn't uh, date for pleasure. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. like that you shouldn't just try and find one long-term partner for the rest of your life. Rather, you should stay single and just fool around with anybody you want. Okay, like a focus, focus on, culture. Yeah, you should yeah, focus yeah. on your own pleasure. Okay, good. Anything else? Um, how about that? How it's about creation? I mean, how about beautiful? Everything just what? Everything just happened. Evolution. You know, evolution. Just, okay, yeah. Yep. We got it specifically. Say, Big Bang was totally coincidental, and everything else it followed. Time and chance. Just the way that it was going to happen, no matter what. And how about human beings? What's that, popular culture say now? We're that, basically what? Primates. Yeah, higher level yep. of primate evolution. Yep. God, the Bible clearly says <clears throat> that we're special. We're made yes. in the image of God. Psalm eight says. The, what is man you are mindful of him? What is right. you've made him a little lower than the angels? Right. You see, so that you all of these things are conflicting. The Bible also says, "Eat, drink, and be married, for tomorrow you die." Or yes. it says, um, uh, "If it feels good, do it." Whereas Jesus says, "No." What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Yep. The most important thing you own is your soul. But that's the littlest thing yes. that modern people think. I'll give you an example. Turn to uh, Revelation. I just want to show you how this life fits in there. Turn to Revelation chapter 19. Uh, I'm sorry, 18. Uh, this is near the uh, end of the age. Yes. How you may, this is the fall of this great mystery city, Babylon, which could be the world right. systems. But notice, it's, it's going down. Look at verse 11 and 12. Uh, chapter 18, of, uh, I want to just show you how this works. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo anymore. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, and See, pearls. See, gold and silver? Yes. What is the what is the, the currency that backs up all our dollars? At least it used to be. I suppose it was gold. Gold. Right? The yeah, gold, gold standard. Yeah. yeah. Gold in some countries, it's silver. And he goes down this whole catalog. Do you see all that stuff? Yes. Gold, fine linen, fashions, perfumes, bronze, iron, cinnamon, incense, all his fragrances, all that stuff, right? Look at verse 13. And cinnamon and incense and fragrant oil, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, chariots, the, and bodies, and what? The souls of men. Huh. It starts with gold in the world's eyes is yes. the most important thing. And what's the least important? Men. The soul of men. Yeah. You see, it's, it's exactly so worse. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. That's Babylon. Mm -hmm. That's Satan-inspired systems that devalue a human soul. But but put high priority on gold and silver and precious stones yes. and all that. So it shows you his lie starts way back. And I'll show you how that is going on in our world today. Look mm -hmm. at Romans chapter 1, just for a second. Romans chapter 1. Okay. 
And um, look at, you can read this, Tristan, if you will. Look at verse uh, 21 through 23. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore... God gave them up to the lusts of their own hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. All right, stop there. You see that? Yep. What did they exchange? Truth for lies. What did uh, Adam and Eve just do? They just, they just literally they exchanged made, what? Yes, the truth for a lie. What God told them for a lie. Yes. You shall not surely die. Yes. And that's been going on yes. since the guard. But do you see how this hooks together yep. way back to the time of Adam yep. and Eve? They exchange now. Once they exchange the truth of God for a lie, our behavior is determined by what we believe. Yes. Belief determines behavior. So look what happens. Yes, and they gave up on God. So look at verse twenty-six through twenty-eight. For this reason, God gave them up to a, to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations with those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relationships with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Do you see the catalog yes. of sins? Now look at <clears throat> verse 29 and, 20 and 30. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossipers, slanderers, haters of God, Insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but approve of those who practice them. Sounds familiar? It creates an Is that modern day culture and society? You're absolutely right. See why? Yep. It all goes back to you exchange the truth of God for a lie. Yep. And you lose your moral yep. compass. In fact, what is the title, I mean, of the gay movement? It's the pride movement. You know what I'm saying? Pride is an idea of, an, of a massive approval of anyone who practices anything and that it should be not just approved by it, but that they should force you to also approve of anything. Celebrate it. Yes, it should yeah. be celebrated. And so if you you're don't, correct. you're phobic. <clears throat> exactly. You're, you're, you see, yes. but again, we always have to come back to the Word of God. What is true? Yes. Because belief determines behavior. Yep. If we follow God's pattern, He's for us. Yes. You know, Adam, uh, you know, uh, for this cause, a man shall leave his mother and father, yes. cleave to his wife, the two shall yes. become one. And they, they flourish in terms of family and relationship. Right. But if we break that, because Satan got his foot in the door, right. look at modern, what's going on in the yes. culture today. <clears throat> You're it's, absolutely right. And people, once you put on these glasses, what I call mm. biblical glasses, yes. you can see. But if you don't have them on, people just think, well, it's just a political movement and people right. are being free and we can, right. they got this and we got that. And, no. So Satan's the, first move is to create doubt exactly and then right. to create a twisted, right, Tristan. twisted way of living for man. And what I stress is we're reading the oldest book in the Bible, right? This yes. third chapter stuff. It's, this is 2022, July 6th, yep. right now, right here, this thing. That, wow, that's yeah, it is July 6th. Wow, that is, that's <laughs> crazy. I didn't realize it was July So I'm going to show you something. <laughs> you have these three actors here that we're going to look at. Okay. Number one, you have the devil. You have Adam and Eve, or yes. let's say a man, yes. and then you have God, okay? Devil, man, and God. Now, turn to James chapter 4. I want to show you those four, there's three characters and how it applies to us today. Look at James chapter 4. 
Chapter 4, and do you have a verse there, Mr. Yeah, Michael? I just want to tee this up just a little bit. John chapter 4. I want to look at these three characters one more time. Okay. okay. Look at... Um, okay. Um, look at... It says... Look what it says in verse 6. God. But God what? But he, he gives more grace. That's therefore, God. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud... But gives grace to their humble. Okay. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay. Who's implied in this? Satan. Uh, who's he addressing this advice to, though? Therefore, submit to God. Resist oh, the devil. Oh, the, 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 the reader. The, you. The reader. Yes. You. Me. The man. So you got man, God, and yes. Satan here. Yes. And he's showing us how to do the well, reverse right. he's of what Adam and Eve did. Yeah. So you got these three characters oh. here. God, man, put yourself in there, or me, mm. or, or anybody, Cassie. Yep. You put yourself in there, and he offers us a way out. Yes. First and foremost, submit to God. And Adam and Eve were not submitted to right. God. Okay? And you know, it says the exact same thing in First Peter. It says, resist him. Yep. First Peter 5, 9, resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So again, yep. it's the idea of resisting, so that he'll flee well, from you. Well, first, before you resist, you're humble. Yes. You come under right. God's care. You know, yes. our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be that thy kingdom come, thy will be. Lead us not right. into temptation, but... Deliver, deliver us, us from, from evil. evil. Yep. You, you pray that prayer because you want to be submitted yep. to God. And then he says, "Look at what if what if they would have resisted the devil way back in the Garden of Eden and been submitted well, to God?" Well, that sure would have been nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what would have happened, but he promises us. And then he says, "Resist." But look what he says then in verse eight: "Draw near to God, and He will what? Draw near to there you." There you go. Yes. There you have the three the yep. three actors. Yes. God, Satan, and self. Yep. And he offers us a formulation. Yes, beautiful. A warning system. So, point being intended here is when you study scripture, yeah, you study it to study scripture, but you're also looking, how does this apply to me today? Does yes. this apply to me today? Well, I would suggest this has tremendous application for me today, mm -hmm. or you, yeah. or anybody, yeah. because the devil's on the, on the loose. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but about right. powers and principalities. Yep. And you can almost see the dark clouds in the in the heavenlies, you know, the, yeah, right. the, the demonic, the angelic, yeah, absolutely. moving on man, man's hearts and the minds. Man's doing crazy things mm -hmm. because we're not submitted to God. Yep. The Bible clearly says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. As it says, it says this in Second Chronicles 15. Um, in Second Chronicles 15 too. Um, Hear me, Asa and all Judah and, ben, all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Mm. If you forsake him, he will forsake you. Excellent yeah. point. Yeah. So, okay. <clears throat> you guys are, are class, is there, you guys are millennials. What's the age group? We're actually not millennials. We're, we're the very beginning of Generation Gen Z, X. I Gen think. Z? Yeah, we're both the beginning of Gen so, Z. So how do you see this in your culture? You got the word of God. Yep. You can, can, can clearly see demonic influences in popular culture yep. or music or media, whatever. Do you see that? Do you guys see that, or do you? Oh, the forsaking of God. Well, I mean, you know, anybody who I, I love, I love the analogy of working out because working out is a consistent use of a type of muscle. If you do, if you use your muscles every day, your muscles build and they grow stronger. If you do not, they atrophy. You gain weight, and sometimes it becomes so hard to, that you can't really come back. Exactly. From that. And I mean, a lot of people in our generation it, have become to like have they've begun to shift their lifestyles away from that that like 
spiritual fitness routine to so a point So before of, we say that, what give me your age group so our listeners can know. So what? I'm 21, everybody. I, I'm going to be turning 22 in August. So I, I am going to be finishing up my senior year of college this year. Okay. And I go to Grove City College. It's a Christian university. So I've been able to surround myself with a variety of people who are about my age, if not a little younger, and they're all pursuing God in relatively strong ways. And a lot of them are a variety of different denominations, but we all have one thing in common above all else, which is a massive, large pursuit of Christ. He's the center of our world. Wow. And that's been fantastic because I've been able to witness what it looks like for my generation to grow up into a spiritual body of leaders. And Mr. Martha, as you've pointed out, that's not the case anymore. I mean, the, the massive variety of pop culture is on a highway as it seems towards things that are not godly and you've witnessed that <laughs> so okay so let's say let's take from 18 to 30 which is a generation a people group you're familiar sure. with Tristan so what what are their spiritual yearnings I mean do they have any kind of what, what is your sense of it you've lived it you've been part of you went to Rock River High School you've been part of culture sure. now you see it from a very strong Christian uh, environment at Grove City sure. but what's your sense uh, what are they looking for, or are they just in a hurry, or are they, are they more materialistic, yeah. or they have a certain spiritual hunger? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very clear that, like as Paul says in Romans, that everybody has has enough spiritual ability to discern that there is some sort of God out there. Right. And it, it really comes down to the decision of man whether or not they're going to accept or reject that. And, you know, we all have a variety of things that we overcome in our daily life, and it really comes down to what do you want. Now, society is at a place where it wants to cushion us into a type of laziness, spiritual laziness, and that is something that will cause you to spiritually atrophy. It'll cause your life to fall apart. It'll create a lack of discipline in all areas. In fact, you know, I was I was listening to something, and a lot of the guys that we respect the most nowadays are guys who will go out and they're, they're like, Tony Stark types of characters where they'll go out and they'll be able to they'll be playboys, they'll be rich. They'll oh, get those kinds of guys, they never would have been respected back in your your era because, well, think about it. What do they do? They they use women, they have no control over their own real lusts. They they're they're free they're free floating. They have no real discipline. And I listen to guys like Jocko Willink. And if you know anything about no, Jocko, Jocko Willink is a uh, um, former Marine, he was the head of, I think, the Western Division of, like, the, the Marines for the United States off of, like, California, the, that, that coast of the United mm -hmm. States. And he's a retired guy. He won the Silver Star. He went to Iraq, I think, in five tours. And this guy talks all about what it is to have discipline over not just your body, but also just over your mind. Uh -huh. um, I know guys like Simon Sinek respect him immensely because... Um, I like Simon Sinek. Because... Jocko is or he's not just a bunch of muscle he's on the outside which is reflective of who he is on the inside but he, if you listen to guys like that they're articulate they're well spoken and I do not see that in my generation I I, I was listening to another thing by um, Jordan Peterson and, one, and in that this, this thing called Dragons, Monsters, and Men. Uh -huh. He talks about how there's a variety of things we all have to overcome in our lives types of dragons and we're all right, types right, of, right. we're all types of heroes and you know, what does it mean to be a, to, to, to fight a dragon? It means that you overcome a certain obstacle in order to gain a type of treasure. Right. And, you know, like this, in the same way that the disciples would overcome all sorts of ad, ad, like adversity trying to preach the gospel of Christ, and a lot of the times those dragons would result in their deaths. Right. They would, they would overcome for Christ against all odds because they had not just discipline, they had inspiration, they had community, they had um, motivation, they had uh, the tools to equip them with the right words to use to fight the battles. I mean, that's that's why I think it's so important that Ephesians talks about the armor of God because what so is that? So what are you the encountering equipment? on people that aren't going to a Christian college that are just out there <clears throat> finishing school, looking for work, may get married? With 
Mm-hmm. Are they totally rootless? They don't have they don't have an anchor for their soul. Yeah. Or are they looking into Eastern religion? Are they looking yeah. into yoga? Are they yeah. looking into just I don't know hedonism? You know, just eat, drink, and be merry tomorrow. We don't even think about death. I what? think the biggest thing that um, is going on nowadays is actually worse. So like. If you're if you're a spiritual person, you're mm-hmm. always going to be seeking something. And right. I've met a lot of spiritual people, right. including guys my age. Mm-hmm. But the the thing about sleep is it's a lack of use of anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's more of it's more of a problem because at least if you have a spiritual culture, like for example, I would rather have almost any spiritual person in power than a non-spiritual person because a spiritual person has the belief that there is something higher than themselves. A and they also have the belief that they're probably being watched and that their, their actions are being weighed. So they have some sort of moral compass that's enforced beyond just what a human enforcement is. Because, you know, human enforcement is never going to be able to perfectly create a good society. But a spiritual person has the ability to discern and to some degree at least recognize more than what a, a two-dimensional person can. Well, you can. have to define spiritual person. Sure. See, Hitler was a spiritual person. Okay, fair. He was very right. much involved right. in the occult, the supernatural powers. Mm-hmm. That's part mm-hmm. of the thing with the SS and uh, everything that was going on there. But I would agree with you, a man needs a certain moral sure. compass. For example, I don't think Benjamin Franklin was a Christian. He right. never professed Christ. But he had, like you say, he had a certain spiritual yes. kind of uh, yearnings or feelings, yes. and that helped guide yes. the formation of the Constitution. So I'd say, I'd just say that there's more agnosticism today than I've ever, I ever would have witnessed. There's a lot less interest in Buddhism. There's a lot less interest in... Um, Hindu is a lot less interest, especially in Christianity, right. as it collapses in the United States. They call that nuns, N-O-N-E-S. They have no affiliation. Mm. They're not against. Mm. They just don't. Go, yes. They don't believe in the in the Bible. They don't believe in, a, in, in yes. Hinduism. They don't. They're none. They, in other words, they have no affiliation, right. no interest, which is maybe the worst because that's an yes. apathy. Yes. And Jesus says, "I wish you were hot or cold, mm-hmm. and not lukewarm." Yes. So when you share the gospel, what I found out. If a person, even if a person is really in opposition to you, really strongly, that indicates they're holding some ground and sure. they want to engage. Sure. But if a person is totally apathetic, it's hard to move them. Yes. You know, maybe by argument or by showing the information or something. Sure. We used to have a saying: it's impossible to drive a parked car. Mm. You can't yes. move it. You know, you yep. can't get it going yep. in the right. Okay, so back to Genesis. This is where he'll say, in Satan basically will say. You will not surely die. Mm-hmm. Now he knew, because he had heard what God told him. He yes. quoted it that once they once they partook of the tree of the knowledge, they're going to die. So look, he's a murderer. Jesus even says that he was a murderer from the beginning, and that's why it says in John chapter ten, verse ten, the enemy comes to do what? Rob, kill, and destroy. Exactly right. But in the same verse, it says. God comes to what? Jesus says, I, but Seek I, and save the lost. Uh, I come that you might have life, life and have it more abundantly. More abundantly. Okay. Salvation and a flourishing right. life. But there in that one verse, you see Satan is capsulized where he says, and that's why it'll say in Peter, be alert, be awake for your enemy. The devil goes about as a roaring Roy lion. lion. Yep. Now, why that's so interesting, Tristan, why Peter says that, what happened with Peter when he denied the Lord? Remember what Jesus said? He says something very interesting here. Uh, let me see in the Gospel of John regarding Peter uh, and, and that he was going to be really, uh, uh, basically, that, that Satan wanted him because he, he, he will say Satan desired uh, to sift you like wheat. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, he, he won't. I mean, 
Satan because uh, Christ, prayed, Christ prayed for him. But nevertheless, he's right out there saying, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you mm. that you might be converted. And when you convert, he says this in Luke chapter 22, verse 31. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, which is Peter, yes. indeed, Satan has asked for you that he might sift you like wheat. You know what that means, sift you like wheat? That means slice and dice mm. you, destroy you yes. physically, whatever. But that's the key there. I have prayed for you. That's why we should pray for people in our lives that are really going the wrong direction. Yes. They don't have no moral compass. They don't even understand the enemies in their life, do they? You know, it's no, terrible. Yeah, you're right. But I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So Jesus prays for him. Satan wanted him. And that's why I think he was inspired to write, uh, be alert, be awake for your enemy. The devil goes about as a roaring yes. lion. He was yes, one, he knows, right. Peter knows. Because Judas went out and hung himself. Sure. After Jesus, yes. uh, Peter denied himself, what did he deny Jesus? What did he do? He mourned. He wept. Yes. Repentance, yes. repentance. He's restored. See, a broken and a contrite heart, God will not refuse. Yes. But but the thing with with Judas, he thought it's hopeless. That's it. Yes. Satan sifted him like wheat. Yes. Shoo, shoo, shoo. See? Oh. See that? Oh, I didn't yeah. about that. Yeah. I like that. He sifted him like we destroyed what? him physically. Yes, he did. Yeah. And he, he removed his ability to repent by, yeah. by convincing him to end his life. Yeah, exactly yes. right. But there's other issues. I mean, it actually says in the one gospel, as he was leaving the upper room, last supper, Satan entered his heart. Yes, true. So he's, you know. He, he was far He off. was, he yeah, was he was son off. of perdition. Yeah. Okay, so back to Genesis. Let's look at the second question asked. Okay, so where are we flipping to now? Uh, we'll stay in chapter three. Okay. Now, Adam and Eve disobeyed, turned their back on God, yes. slammed the door on God, opened the door to sin, to rebellion, and, and invited Satan in. Mm-hmm. That's why he's called the God of this age. It's like it's like you're at the door and the salesman, the crazy set, wants to get in, but you have the ability to sl- yes. because in this dynamic, this encounter, who had the upper hand between the serpent and Adam and Eve? Who was oh, in a position? Adam and Eve of had power? the upper hand. Why? Because the serpent had Adam and Eve could do nothing and they'd win. The serpent had to convince them to do something and they would lose. But what? But when God gave them authority, you know they had. Oh, he also grow. gave them authority over all the beasts of the field, and the serpent is like everything creature. that yes. flies, yes. crawls, and what. So they were yes. in a position of, of strength. Uh, but you know what happened? They slammed yes. the door on God, and they opened the door to let this guy come in. Yes. And he came into the human predicament. You yes. Know, that's why once Jesus comes. <laughs> He will cast them out. Yes. That's why when you're a believer, he doesn't have that same hold yes. on them. But so they're hiding. You already read, Tristan, that they, they clothe themselves. Yes. Before <laughs> man is the only the only creature that needs clothing. You know? Yeah. And it, it's it, this is a truism. Because man knows there's something wrong with complete nudity, except in marriage, because that's why uh, Satan knows uh, that pornography <clears throat> is such a big thing all through the scripture. This whole mm. idea of nakedness, yeah, and that's why God, man, is the only creature that needs clothing. Yes, and, and clothing is a big. We could do a whole show on this with clothing all the way through through the fig leaves that God's going to clothe them with animal skins. Yes, and right. And you're going to see Joseph with a cloak of many colors. Yeah. You're going to see David in royal things. You're going to see all our righteousnesses as filthy rags all mm. the way through, and you get to the clothing right. of Jesus. He was swaddling yep. clothes at his birth. <clears throat> yep. The woman touched the hem of his garment. Yep. You know, it was healed. Garments the are soldiers gambled. Theme. And then we, yes. at the end of the age, it says, all the saints of God have washed their white robes in yes. what? 
blood. The blood of the lamb. So you see clothing, that's a whole other show we'll do. Yep. Nevertheless, okay, let's pick up. The first the first question God asked in the Bible, Tristan, if you want to read it, is in chapter 3, verse 9. Okay. Chapter 3, verse 9. Um, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And there it is. Oh, yeah, there's the, the question. question. Where are you? The first question God asked. Mm. That's a very important question because man at this time is not seeking God. He's hiding from God. Yes. He's in the trees. He's, he's probably crouched down. He's covered himself with big leaves. He's, he's like camouflage. You see, he's covered yes. with leaves. He's in the leaves. You know, he's, he's like really. But he, the sound of verse 8, he heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden now this is this suggests God is literally down on earth walking. Yes. You know, which of course means a lot when we see Jesus enter into the picture and he's looking for man. And then when he says, Adam, where you are, well, did God know where Adam was? Yes. <laughs> he wanted yeah, Adam, Adam to know where Adam was. <laughs> and that's what he says. But this is a very important point because what does that tell us about God? It well, that he's, a, that he's a seeking God. There you go. That he's Say a it seeking, again. He's a seeking God. That's a very, yes. very important yes. point. Yes. And that's why Jesus, when he comes, he will say in Luke chapter 19, the Son of Man came to what? Seek and, and to save. save. Yes. The very thing God is doing here. Yes. He's coming to seek Adam, and he's kind of explained not only the consequences. And he does come to save him, doesn't he? Well, he's going to offer him the yes. redemptive plan. He's going to tell him the consequences of his sin and rebellion. Yes. But when he says to Eve, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He's speaking to the serpent. Yes. He shall bruise your head. You shall bruise his heel. Yes. That means the coming one, the seed of the woman, because the, the man contains the seed. But in this episode, it's the seed of the woman, which is just a virgin birth. Yes. This, this coming one that's going yes. to crush the serpent. And he says, "You, he shall crush your head. Yes. But in the process... You will you will snap at it like a snake yeah. hits your heel when you're walking. He gets you. So it says he's going to deliver the death blow to you, mm. to Satan. It's coming, okay. And that, of course, that's what Jesus will yes. ultimately do. Yes. And he and that's why it's very interesting. He says he's going to strike your head. Right. Where was Jesus crucified? What was the name of the place? Uh, Golgotha, which means place of a skull. Place of the head. Yes. The skull. Isn't that such it. a wow? In Isaiah 53, yep. he says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was what? Crushed for bruised our Oh, bruised. For our infirmities. Oh, I guess it wasn't There it is. Right. There it's it bruised. is. There yeah. it is. So you see. Yeah. But the key here is when you study the scripture, the amount of time that God is seeking man. You know, we're hiding. You know, we use yep. guilt and shame, and we can use intoxicants and drugs and therapists yes. yep. to, 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 to suppress guilt in that. But God is seeking. Mm -hmm. it, it, it clearly says in John chapter 3. <clears throat> Jesus did not come to judge the world, but he came to save the world. Yes. For God so loved the world, you see. And we got this idea, he got us out to destroy us and beat us. And do, No, he, this is good news. The yes. gospel, but we have to receive the good news. Because one has. day Christ will come there to was. judge. Yeah, yes. that's a different thing. Yeah, that's the next yeah. time he comes. <laughs> that's the wrath of the <laughs> he Lamb. He broke it into two parts. Yes. It's that, a good thing that the former came before the latter, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he first time he comes... He comes as the Lamb of God. Yes. Second time he comes as the Lion of Judah. Yep. First time he comes, he's judged by sinful yep. man. Second time he comes, he's going to judge sinful man. First time he comes, he's a humble servant. Yep. Second time he comes, he's a reigning king. Mm. First time he comes into Jerusalem, he's meek and lowly on a colt. Yep. Next time he comes, he's riding a white throne, a white horse <laughs> coming down through the clouds of glory. So my point being, 
now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Yep. You do not, if you study the wrath of God and the coming wrath of God, uh, you do not want to be, you want to use this grace period now to get things right with God is what I'm saying. And yep. you see this in Psalm 2. If you look at Psalm sure. 2, it's a really great picture of, of what Jesus is going to do and, 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 and the promises he put. If you look at Psalm 2 and you just read like... Um, one through three. Why do the nations rage and the people... I'm sorry, Psalm 2, right? Uh-huh, okay. thank you. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. What's that? What is he saying? What's the psalm saying? This is a thousand... This is written 3,000 years ago. It's 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 uh, rebellious. It's rebellion. Yeah. It's organized rebellion. Why do the nations rebellion. rage? Yes. The people's kings plot of the in vain. earth. That means rulership. Yes. The law system is against who? who the Lord and yeah. His anointed. What does anointed mean? Chosen, selected, uh, prepared for a purpose. Anointed. What's Christus or what is Messiah? Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. Oh, that's a, oh, it's another title for Christ. Christos. Christ means cr- yeah, yeah, Anointed yeah. One. Right. Sure. Christus or Messiah. Sweet. You know the Messiah. Oh, I guess the, it does mean that. Yeah. It? That, oh, yeah cool. So they're against God and against His Anointed One. Yes. And what does it mean? Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast. What does that mean? Well, they feel as if they're enslaved to them. Yeah. Yes. They, they don't want to be under God's control. Yes. We, why should we? Yes. Pharaoh. When Moses comes to Pharaoh, he says. Who is this God that I should obey him? Yes. It's the same thing people are saying today. Mm. Who is this God? We can make That's up a great our own question. Laws. That's a great question. Yeah. And that is the correct question, yeah. right? I mean, hey, what does Pontius Pilate say when he's in the room with Jesus during his judgment? He says, what is truth? And he walks out. He walks out. Right? He should have stayed. should have stayed. <laughs> but nevertheless, it's a good point to say. <laughs> right. Nevertheless, man does not want God over them. Yep. And we, as once you become a Christian, you want, you pray, our our. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yes. Thy kingdom come, thy will, will be done, done right. on earth in my life. Then it says, he who sits in the heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall hold him in derision. He shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill. Yes. Jesus comes in as mm. king of kings. He's mm. born a king. Remember the, the wise yes. man came and said, where's the king born? And when he <laughs> dies, what yep. will Herod put on the cross? Oh, uh, this is... Uh, the king of the king Jews. King of the Jews, yeah. That's he was right, born yeah. a king, he dies yep. a king, and that was declared by Gentiles, right? Then he says, <laughs> that's funny. verse 7, I will declare the decree the Lord said to me, this is Jesus, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth, that's what's happening now, for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, you shall dash them. This is him giving the son. You remember, th- and it's interesting too. You know, you compare this idea. So, what I think you're about to tell us, Mr. Murtha, if you don't mind, is that you're talking about how God is the one here offering to make the nations Christ's heritage. God is the one offering to give him the ends of the earth um, and dominion over them in verse nine. And the devil in the wilderness does the exact same thing. Exactly. What does right. he do? He tempts Jesus. He's like, if you bow down to me and worship me. Both are claiming to have the ability to give all the nations. And right now, Satan's got a very temporary hold. Yeah, you know, God's you're right. Far, God's, God's is far more but, eternal. But Jesus has to go through this redemptive plan where he he's crushed. Right. He's, he's, he's crushed, but in the process, he crushes Satan. But you're right. Yes. The whole world lieth under the sway of the wicked one. It yes. says that in First John yes. chapter 5. 
the god, he's of, called the sage, the god right? of the sage. Yeah, which which implies temporary temporary yeah, rulership. rulership. Like but, like almost like a like the babysitter, you know. Well, he's more <laughs> like the invader. Very bad babysitter. He, he yeah, oppressed. Very, very bad babysitter. Yeah. Not at all he's, positive. He kept, <laughs> but that's why you have to go by the way of the cross. Three times Jesus prayed in mm-hmm. the garden because if there be another way, take this cup from me. Take yep. this cup from me. Right. There's no other way for him to get all the nations. As a matter of fact, when Peter says, "Don't go by way of the cross," sure. What did Jesus say? To get Peter? behind me, Satan. Because, Satan. Because what? What, See, what does Satan want wants, Jesus to do? Yeah, he Satan didn't want doesn't this. want Jesus to go to the cross. Right now, the Holy Spirit speaks this. See, you see the Father, verse one through six. You see the Son. I will declare. The Lord said to me, "This is Jesus." Now look at the Holy Spirit, verse 10 what verse through 12. Are we 10? 10? Now, 12. Therefore, now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. So he, he, he tells them to serve the Lord. Yeah. And rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. Do you see that? It ends with it's mercy. It's this warning. Yeah. But there's this warning. Get things right. You do not want to face the wrath yep. of the Lamb. Yep. That's what's called in... Uh, Revelation chapter 6, last verse, the wrath of the Lamb. And right there in this psalm, it's clearly delineated, you know, this whole idea. But it does end with mercy. Blessed are are all who take refuge in him, right? That's the good news. Yep, that's the good news. Same thing in the book of Revelation ends with the mercy where the Lamb, uh, the uh, the Spirit and the Bride say, come, anyone that's thirsty, come, let them come. Okay, so now we see this idea of God as a seeking God. Now you'll see this seeking nature of God all through the Old Testament. Okay. But especially... Um, you'll see it when somebody is at hardship. Remember when Hagar is cast out? I do. She, because she has the Abraham's child. Yes, and, and Sarah, Sarah got rid good. of her because, yes. But she's like by a well. She's got this little child, and that's where God meets her. And he says, Hagar, where are you coming from? Where are you mm. going to? And what does he and do? He, where, where he does provides he for her. He yep. says, go back. I'm going to provide for your, your son. Esau's going to be a blessing. I mean, he's going to have big numbers. The same thing on Jacob when yep. he has to leave the land because he tricked his brother. Right. He's got a pillow that's made out of a rock. He doesn't know where he's going but God meets him there. He'll call it Bethel. He that's says, funny. surely God was in this place. I did not know it. Yep. So my point being that God is seeking people even when they're not seeking him often. And you'll see that in Luke chapter 15. If we go there, it talks about the seeking nature of God. Luke chapter 15. It says, um, what man of you having a hundred sheep, he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and goes after the lost yep. until he finds it. Yep. The sheep isn't seeking the shepherd. You yep. see, he's seeking. <laughs> so so and he finds it. He says, rejoice with me. I found. Then he goes down to this other one. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, lose a coin, lights a lamp, sweeps the house, searches carefully. Until yep. When she's found it. She rejoices with the loss, for I have found the peace. Right. So you start with 100, lost one. That's 1% yep. loss for that, right? Yes. Then you got 10, lost one. That's one. a 10%. Then we have the one for one. That's 50%. Yep. And it's very valuable. It increased in value because now it's a human being. Yes. So the, we know the story. The guy, the younger son takes his inheritance. He's too young. He can't handle that stuff. He goes off and basically wastes all this, yes. right? And then it's important to notice also that the thing that he wasted is the material wealth. Yeah. But he brought it with him. So he himself is gone. He burns all the money and he himself leaves. Well, well, I mean he's he goes on he's got this money yes. and he goes in and he's probably got friends, but he wasted his possessions yes. in prodigal living. So he goes to a far country because he doesn't yep. want his dad seeing what he's doing, right? <laughs> yeah. Unexpectedly, his friends leave and a famine comes. He didn't plan any of this stuff. He didn't plan anything really, just to go out and have a good time. 
Then he went and joined himself to a citizen, and the citizen sent him to the fields to eat swine food. Yes. Notice, he says in verse 16, he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. In other words, he's eating pig food, which is the worst possible thing for a Jewish audience to hear this. You can't get any lower. Mm -hmm. Notice it says, and no one gave him anything. Yep. The world can't solve our deepest issues. That's what people don't understand today. Nobody can really solve. We can give medicine, drugs, do this, do that. But this is a spiritual problem. But notice he says, and when he came to himself, he said, how many fathers hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? He makes a plan. I will arise and go to the father, my father, and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Notice, once he came to himself, so many people in this lifetime do not come to themselves. Yes. They just live life, right? Yep. And before you know it, they're 80, 90, and go, what yep. happened? You know, they might have money, they might have a yacht, right. and but they're they're facing death. Yes. They don't come to their senses. What's life about? But notice, he arose, verse 20, he arose, he came to his father, mm-hmm. but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. Now, what do you think that boy looked like coming up that road? Not not, not a good picture. If he's trying to eat pig food, he's not going to be looking good. And he I- doesn't look good. <laughs> What's he got in his pockets? All the money's gone. Yep. What's he done to the family name? Yep. And back then, everybody knew your business if you were in a village or something. Mm. All that disrespect, yep. not a penny to his name. He probably looks disheveled. He probably smells terrible. But look at the verbs in verse 20. What verbs are there in verse 20? Came. Before that. Arose. A verse, yeah. Okay. Verse, verse 20. Verse 20. But look at the verbs uh, in relation to the father. Saw. There you go. One. Felt. Felt. Had compassion. Ran. Two. Ran. Fell on his neck. Hugged kissed. him. Kissed him. Notice yep. how he closes the distance. Yep. And the son is not running to the father, Mm -hmm. but the father is running to the son. That tells you what? He saw from afar off. What does that tell you about God or about the father? He was prepared, seeking. Yeah. Remember what we said about God? He was ready. He was seeking, just like God did way back in Genesis. Adam, where are you? He runs to him. He hugs him. He embraces him. But notice, I want you to wrap. He says, and the son said to him, verse 21, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And in your sight. Mm-hmm. When we sin, it's just not spiritual. Yes. It involves human. There's the, the, Sin is not an orphan. It's rarely an orphan. It always has other sins, lying, trespassing. Once we commit a sin, it has ramifications spiritually, but against other people too. Yes. You know what I'm saying? He says, I, I've sinned against heaven, and I've sinned against you. Okay? Now, I'm no, uh, in your sight, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. What doesn't the father let him say that he wanted to say? He doesn't let him finish. Yeah, what was he going to finish? He was going to finish with, let me be one of your hired servants. Okay. This is very important. The worth was based on what he could do yep. or the love of the father. Mm, love of the father. We're saved by grace, yep. not by what we can do. Yep. He wanted to be made a servant. The father won't even let him say it. Yep. And then he says, come on in. He gives him the robe, the ring, Man. the feast. The, 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 the. My point being, that you see, but he was seeking. He was seeking. That's the second question we encounter here. Yes. In the last couple of minutes, we'll look at the next one. But I think that's very important for people to realize that God is seeking. Maybe somebody's listening to the show this morning, and they think they're too far away from God. They did too many sins. God would never accept them. That's not what the Bible says. You know, the Bible clearly says God is seeking lost humanity. He wants, he wants. The Bible clearly says God is not willing that any should perish. Mm. 
but that all may come to repentance. It's man that hides himself and runs away and does all this other stuff, and he's missing out on the best part of life by coming to God. And so then we know God gives the promises back here in Genesis, yep. and then he covers them. And it even says, um, verse 20 in Genesis 3, Adam called his wife Eve and because she's the mother. And also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Yes. What does that tell you? Sacrificial. Something dies. Something Skins. Died. The innocent died for the guilty, the shedding of blood. Yep. And it was initiated by God. Yes. It wasn't man. It was initiated by God. So here you see the first idea of atonement. The innocent dies for the guilty. Right. So that'll be a picture of Jesus, of course. All right. Now we're going to see the last question. And this is the question. The first question man asks. It's in chapter 4. And here we see, we know the story. There's Adam, there's Adam and Eve have these two boys. Two boys is really consistent in the scripture. When you run through the scripture, you'll mm. see with Cain and Abel. You'll see like the prodigal. We have the younger son, the older Jacob son. Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau. Ishmael and Isaac. Mm. All the way through you see this. And there's often like conflict or tension yes. between the two. Um, but, you know, here's the first setup of this brother-sibling kind of thing going on. But it's pretty serious. So they both want to bring an offering to God. And for some reason... Uh, the Lord gives respect to Abel. He, he offered up a lamb, right? That something's going to yes. die. And Cain was a worker of the field, so he offers up grain. But Cain's angry. You know, God doesn't accept him. And it's suggested in verse 6 of chapter 4, the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so angry, and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Look at what he says in verse 7. And if you do not well, sin lies at your door, and its desire is for you that he should rule over it. But you should rule over it. He compares sin almost like an animal that yep. wants to get him. Yep. But he says you should be able to rule over it. But he's not. Sin's going to overtake him. That shows you this. Yes. The spiritual powers are real. You know, this yes. is not playtime. <clears throat> he says, and Cain talked with his brother Abel. In other words, he, he kind of set him up. And it came to pass when the field that Cain rose up against Abel and he killed him. Yep. He killed him. Now think about this. Abel's a shepherd, right? Yes. Did he do anything wrong? No. Nothing. Did he offer up the right sacrifice? Yes. Did his own brother conspire against him and yes. kill him? Yes, he did. And then his blood cries out. Yep. First guy murdered. Was Jesus a shepherd? Yes. Did he offer up a proper sacrifice? Yeah, he did. Did he come to his own brothers and he received them not? That is... Did they conspire against him? Yep. Abel's blood cries out for vengeance. Jesus' blood cries out for mercy, mercy and forgiveness. Mm. Mm. Okay, the good shepherd. Some simil but, simil some similarities here, Mister Martha. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, um, now he says. So God speaks. I like the fact that God is in conversation. Mm. Right. He wants to restore Cain, but he says here. Mm. Um, now Cain talked with Abel, and then he says, "Look," what he says in verse nine. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? There's the first question man asked. <clears throat> Am I my brother's keeper? How yes. much responsibility do we have to the other person? Or the person God puts in our lives? Or the hurting brother or sister or friend? or You see what I'm saying? Yes. This question echoes all through the pages of not just the Bible, but through history. How responsible am I for the other person mm. in my life? Or, yes. You know, and it's Jesus gives the parable of the Good Samaritan. Yes. 
the priest goes by this side, the holy guy goes by this side, but it's a Samaritan of all people. They looked down on Samaritans. Yes. They didn't believe they were fully Jewish. And he tends them and takes care of the, the poor guy that was robbed and beaten up. And Jesus says, that's what I want you to do. There's people in the roadway of our lives that are hurting, but we could just pass by them. I can just pass by them and not yes. be sensitive enough to notice it because I'm about my own business. Yes. You might say that. But this idea that how responsible am I am for the person that God puts in my life. And that's why you guys have probably seen it with your outreaches at school and that, how they go and really help people that might be hurting yes. or somewhat. Am I right? Maybe. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Mr. Martha. Outreaches and this yes. and that. And, and it's the idea that it says in Galatians chapter 6, 1, you being spiritual, help the one that's downtrodden. Help the one, because you have the spiritual resources, help this person that doesn't know up from down spiritually. Yes. Well, you'd be surprised how little people know about the Bible once you get out there. I mean, it, it, it's, it's incredible. And when you study the Bible like you guys have done, you know, you got a credible amount of knowledge about the Bible. Most people don't know any, hardly any of this stuff. I'm yes. just saying. Yeah. Okay. But now, as you share them with them and show them that there's hope and there's a reason for their life and God, you can start offering that right. that hope up. And here's this is a very interesting psalm. I just want to put this out there for a moment. Psalm 142. We're going to have to wrap it up in just a couple of minutes here because we're coming near the end of our hour, which tends to go pretty quick. <laughs> but Psalm 142, let me double check this guy. Um, okay, this is a guy that's really hurting, okay? Yep. Psalm 100, just read the first two verses. Let me see, Psalm 142. A masculine of David when he was in the cave in prayer. When my voice, with my voice I cry out to the Lord, with my voice I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him, I tell my trouble before him. Do you think he's in a hard place? He's really, he really is <laughs> oh, in yeah. a difficult place, yeah. right? Yep. Notice he says, when my spirit was overwhelmed with him, he see this is emotions, yes. his heart, then you, you knew my path. I know you're still with me, Lord, in the way which I should walk. They have secretly, people yes. are against them. They set a snare up. This could happen yes. at work. This could happen anywhere. People right. set a snare. Look, and then he says, look, look at verse four. This is important. Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Mm -hmm. See what he's saying? Nobody cares for me. Refuge has failed me. And this is one of the saddest laments in all the Psalms. Yep. No one cared for my soul. Yes. No one cared for yes. my soul. Isn't that powerful? Yes. He's saying, nobody cared for my soul. Nobody came up and tried to, help me or give me advice or give me some spiritual insight. I'm just alone in this thing. Yes. And then he says, I cried out to the Lord and the yes. Lord hears him. But I just think this thing like <clears throat> nobody cared for my soul. Isn't yes. that interesting? Yes. So here we have the three main questions. Number one is Satan says what? Did, did, God, oh, did God really, really say, yeah, say yeah, 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 yeah. Number yeah. two, God said what? First question God asked in the Bible. Where are you? Adam, where are you? He's interested in the individual and yep. his lostness. And the first question man will ask in the Bible. I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Question mark. And I think these these three just are so pertinent in today's world. You know, about the word of God, about the God is seeking lost humanity. And the other thing is he wants right. us to play a role to connect people right. that don't know. One of the things, and we'll definitely close on this. It says this in 2 Corinthians. Um, chapter 5, and I'll close on this verse. And again, this is 89.1 FM radio. 
coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Thank you for listening in today, and um, hope that you listen next week. We hope to have some guests, special guests coming up. We said some incredible guests, Tristan. You even mentioned yes. it earlier. I mean, we had a missionary from South Africa, a guy in Central Thailand, yes. a man living in a kibbutz in Israel. Yep. Who knows? Maybe we we'll get a guy on the moon. <laughs> okay. It says, verse 17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So if you accept Jesus Christ, you are a brand new creature. Old things have passed away. Everything is becoming new. But this is the important thing here. Verse 18, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. So when we accept Christ, it says through Jesus Christ, we've been reconciled to God. We've been reconnected with God. But notice, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Yes. Remember when we say, who's my brother? Well, there's people in our lives that Jesus wants us to minister reconciliation. That is to bring him to God. And he wants to use us. Because what does it say in verse 19? That is, in Christ God, who is reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. He's given you, he's given me the message of reconciliation. Now look at verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You notice God's working through us, yes. through us to bring people to Christ. Yes. You'll never forget the person that leads you to Christ. Yes. Guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely right. Well, thank you, Tristan, for oh, taking my, time my pleasure. out. Thanks for having me. We'll have another show, God willing, next week. Thank you for all tuning in. Again, this is WNZN Radio coming to Lorain, Ohio. Have a great week. Stay safe. God bless all of you. Take care. Take care.